Start the party, Dan. Oh no, you got upset online. Looks like you're having a real bad time. Should have just ignored what I said. But now I've got proof that you read it. And for me, that's all I need. It's what I live for. It's the air that I breathe. Cause I'm rude of me, and I'm not sorry. Welcome everybody to the block party. Hello, friends, idiots, and friends who are also idiots. Welcome to your favorite podcast about social media and rejection. It is Blocked Party. This is episode number 108. I'm John. I'm Stefan. And uh, we'd like to wish a happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish listeners. Uh, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're in the middle of your eight crazy nights. Um, That's a movie that I saw once uh, about Hanukkah. And I think it's Great. I hope you're enjoying it with your families and uh, having a nice time. We The movie nice or time. the holiday? Both. Both. Okay. Enjoy the movie. Enjoy yeah. the holiday. That's what I always say. That's my sort of thing. Uh, we have a great guest here <laughs> as well. Uh, <laughs> what? Is, you got a problem with that, Stefan? No, you got a very like a no. sneering look on your face when I said no, that. No, was, I was laughing at what you said. Okay. That's, yeah. how, that's how I treat like, that's how I treat Christmas as well. You like, want to have fun. I mean, that's, yeah, know, that's, that's really enjoy just like a holiday. you thing. Just enjoy having fun at the holidays. That's a John thing for sure. Sorry. Yeah. I know everyone else. It's pretty miserable, but yeah. for me, I try my best to enjoy it. And speaking of enjoying it, we have a great guest here this week. Uh, he is a comedian. He is the host of what things are what things. And uh, just recently his uh, Trump impression of Scooby-Doo uh, was named one of the best jokes of 2020 by the New Yorker. James Austin Johnson is here. Hi, James. Hi, James. Hey, everybody. You know what? It wasn't a Trump impression of Scooby-Doo. It was a Trump impression about involving Scooby-Doo. Yeah wherein Donald Trump became very, very upset about um, sort of the layers and the hierarchy of of the mystery machine gang. So uh, my, my, my question about that is like, it seemed like it, that argument came from like a very, it was very uh, impassioned. Like it was, it, I feel like that was you. And then you're like, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this as Trump, but I'm going to, I want to get this message out there. Like, is that it, something that you believe? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's sort of how they all come about. I, I in in my Christian college when I was in Christian college, and I say Christian college because I'm going to heaven. Um, uh, <laughs> at, when I was in Christian college, and I was on the editorial staff, and I was sort of the the chief TV and music and film critic there. Um, I, you know, I had a platform. And I could say my opinions and at least a dozen people would read it. And I haven't had that opportunity really as a standup. I have a responsibility as a standup just to make people laugh. And I don't really get to say my um, intense opinions about things that don't matter anymore. And um, there's nowhere else to put it. And thank God this guy came around who, I mean, not only did he make America really North America great again, but um he 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 also brought um, something that I think was missing from sort of American discussions, which is um, sort of having a dominating presence and being opinionated about something that maybe didn't bear an opinion, didn't need one. 
Um, and I'm glad to have a platform again to scream about uh, nothing. And um, <laughs> Donald Trump's voice, discovering that I have that Donald Trump voice, um, it wasn't really discovering it. I've been working on it for years. It didn't really, <laughs> <laughs> didn't really, let's cut through the layers of irony. It didn't really come together until the last couple of years, but I've been doing it since 2015. And I would say that taking an opinion that I'm personally passionate about for no reason, um, for some reason that lead, that leads to the speech pattern that's necessary, uh, to sound like Trump. Um, because he's, he's concerned about things that don't matter fundamentally. And he's so concerned about them. He steps on the gas all the way to the floor and floors it through every rhetorical red light. And I think it's just funnier when you take something that doesn't matter and floor it. Um, so the Scooby-Doo one really had a lot of traction. I think, I think because every person of every age grows up with Scooby-Doo for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it'll be, maybe that's why the Pokemon one works as well. It's like, damn Pokemon really for the last 32 years or whatever it is. Like it's never gone away. Scooby-Doo. What an IP. Yeah, I mean, they, I, they just I made the, the new movie this year, didn't they? Or last year there was a new, yeah, always new movies, yeah. you know? You, and I, I like, I remember when I was a kid, we had, I grew up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and there is a theme park outside of Toronto called Canada's Wonderland. And it is owned by Paramount, which you might imagine doesn't really have like, uh, you know, big dynamite movie of, licenses, yeah. you know, there's no, uh, there's no Mickey mouse. There's no Shrek, you know, there's just, it's just Paramount. And one of the things Paramount owns is Scooby-Doo. So I can remember going to Canada's Wonderland and like Scooby had a pretty big presence for a kid who I, I was born in 85. So I was aware of Scooby-Doo, but like going to Wonderland in 95 and you're like, oh, I just got transported to a world where Scooby-Doo is not only prevalent, but very popular, uh, <laughs> was very wild. And I, I grew up with, a, I bought a sticker and now how's this for Canadian? I bought a sticker. It was a glossy, shiny sticker that said the great one. And it had scrappy do in a, <laughs> in a Los Angeles Kings uniform, scrappy. uniform and it said 98 and a half. Instead of 99 for Wayne Gretzky. Is he smaller than Wayne Gretzky? Yeah, he's scrappy Gretzky. And so, yeah, and that sticker was on my dresser for like my entire childhood. I mean, you need to find that sticker again or a picture of that sticker. I need to see that. It's on the furniture. Sticker on the furniture. It's It's such a mood. It's, it's a, a big move. 90s move. I would do I the stickers the, on, the, on the car windows as a kid, too. Oh, yeah? Did you guys ever do that? You do that? Like the ones I mean, you take off? Or yeah, the- I, they were, they're kind of the puffier stickers that are, I think are a bit easier to peel off. Maybe. Oh, yeah. A bit more like up. gift to them. Yeah. Well, okay. now the, st- the, the, the auto sticker, the, the car-approved sticker style now is white against the black tint of a back window. Yes. And uh, that's where you really have a lot of fun. Like, hi, I'm the mom is Leia. And then all the babies, are stormtroopers, And the dad is the dad is Darth Vader and our dog is Chewbacca. And which doesn't which like even if you think about that for like 10 seconds, it, it doesn't make sense like that. Yeah, I, I, Leia, get, I get it because Leia, Leia has the iconic hairstyle. And so from a silhouette point of view, you understand like, OK, that's the that's the lady from Star Wars. And then Darth Vader has the iconic helmet 
that's the man from Star Wars. But so Darth Vader fucked his daughter and then had a bunch of child Darth soldiers. Darth Vader fucked his, his daughter, had conscripts for children, <laughs> and there's not a there's not a black sheep among them. There's not one Han Solo or you, come on, you've got one at least like a a gay, you know, a, a yeah. queer stormtrooper with some flair on the helmet or something sure, like that. Yeah. Or yeah. I, Chewbacca, by the way, has been demoted back to a subspecies. He's a pet again. I thought this was an autom- autonomous being who called the shots, who who had a complex language and a, a long family history. You know what I mean? And Chewbacca's Chewbacca's mewling in the in the trenches again. He's a dog. He eats our shit off our shoes now. Chewbacca <laughs> eats, our, eats our fucking shoe stuff. <laughs> Well, I saw, I, yeah. I had a tweet like uh, a week ago where I talked, I think I talked about it on the pod last week too, where I was, I was driving, I, I commute to my job and I was driving and I saw a car that had a sticker on the back and it said, baby up in this bitch. Uh, <laughs> that was like, and I was like, I just want to go. I want to live in a world where my brain is unpoisoned. And I think that that's funny. Like that. I like see that. And like, I'm like, I, I have to have that on my I, car. I think it's, I think it's funny, but from like a bad perspective. Yeah. Like, that's well, what that's, that's, that's so bad. And that's I think so that's, it's good funny. to me that it's bad. No, well, you know what, you know, what's up with it. It's it. Those baby on board stickers are an emergency notification that if that, SUV has flipped over on the side of the road. You see the baby on board thing and you go in and you secure the baby from the dead parents. So for an emergency technician to pull up to a grisly car crash and see baby up in this bitch, do they, do they have a moment where they smirk? Does that disarm them? Do they forget their protocols? (laughs) They're just laughing. So, well, so I, the only reason I brought it up again is because a listener of the show, Charles, tweeted at me this week with an even more extreme version of this. Uh, this is a Kia Sorento, and oh. on the back it has four different. Uh, it's got four different of the exactly what you're talking about, James. The white sticker on the black tint. So the first one is a circle of arrows, and in cursive writing it says "Hot Mess Mama." So that's, okay. that's the first one. So I'll so warning you that you're this is you're in trouble. Self-aware. Then right underneath the brake light, it says hashtag mum life. Mm-hmm. You know, just because that's you. Okay. Then, I, 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 I'm, the, I'm the guy who sees that bumper sticker and then looks up that hashtag on social media. Yeah, these aren't even bumper stickers. That's the other thing. Yeah. These are like you you got someone to do this like decal for you, like specifically or whatever. And let's James. Um, uh, that's how we say decal up here. Decal. Just to, just to you. Yeah. It's, I got freaks we, we, or I don't, I don't know how. I mean, I know I get shit for this for saying decal. But yeah, it's like I, a Western hey, Canada thing. To piss people so. off. Hey guys, moratorium on feeling like you need to explain Canada <laughs> to me. Okay, I'm I'm a I'm a Southerner of America, uh, United States. Ever heard of it? And I um, I have to constantly like apologize for y'all and stuff. I have different other isms that you know occur only because I'm from the Bible Belt. And I'm from Tennessee and stuff. I'm in Tennessee now, so I might even be more in that mode. So let's just all be who we are. Okay. okay. Let's just be okay. who we are. Well, we're, we're, we're in one brotherhood of man. Okay. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. And and so is this this woman. So so we've got 
hashtag mom life, hot mess mama. We have the aforementioned in comic sans kids up in this bitch. Okay. Not baby up in this bitch, kids up in this bitch. So she then, probably at some point had the baby one and then, and then took it off. And, and then, then took it off, one on. got more yeah. custom work done. Yeah. And then she has another one where it says, uh, it, it says kids on board, but the kids is crossed out. And oh, it boy. says Here adults on board. And it says adults on board. We want to live too. So uh, she doesn't, I, but she doesn't care about the, oh my I mean, God. that's a lot. That's yeah. and those are big stickers. Too. <laughs> just the whole back. I mean, here, like I, I can try and show you the the whole back window. But this is the. So yeah, you can see it's like her entire her entire rear view. Uh, rear yeah. View. Hey, what whatever happened to to bragging about your kid being an honor student? You know, let's bring that back. Twenty twenty one. Let's bring back honor students. Twenty twenty one. You know, I was an honor student the whole time I was in school. And they I don't make, I feel like they don't actually make those stickers. Well, it was not know. an Ontario thing in Ontario. Yeah. That was like not a thing at all. Then we moved to BC and we'd see these stickers all over. And it was like, fuck, I actually don't think I've ever seen one in the wild here. I, oh, I, really? To me, it always seems like something I would see parodied in like mad magazine, you know, like here's not, something. I don't know if it's a real thing. Here's something I need to know about Canadian life and okay. apologize if you do talk about it. Uh, <laughs> is it, is it a big, as big a difference East coast to West coast? as up there as it is down here if you're moving as a kid like you you're hanging out with all the kids in boston and you're talking about uh, lobster rolls and new england shit and then suddenly suddenly you're in san diego and you're at a san diego high school and you gotta get used to surfing and and all that stuff is it is it like that up there yeah I mean, john exactly, exactly john you you moved as a kid to, well, to Vancouver, yeah so, so i i mean i grew up in toronto which i think boston would be like a fair equivalent for just as far as distance obviously not at all like the people of boston um but the but yeah so i would say like in ontario ontario i, I mean growing up in a suburb of toronto feels very much like uh, a junior american city if that makes sense like it like toronto um, wants to be new york it's not sure, 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 but it wishes it was very similar it's like the financial capital of canada all that kind of thing it's it's got a very like businessy kind of serious uh vibe to it whereas vancouver you know uh, vancouver earns its sort of reputation similar to california of like everyone out here is just high and like no about work. Yeah. yeah, they're just to smoke a lot of weed out here. Everyone out here is chill. They don't really. Vancouver is like if if Seattle, it's it's Seattle meets California. I would say. Yeah, I had a that's a good way of right. It. Yeah. Right. Okay. So maybe I guess you could. The, you know what the since San Francisco area was kind of the Seattle of the Bay, but then San Francisco has changed so much in the last like fifteen years that it really has no identity outside of 26 year old that has $4 billion and is currently, currently steamrolling an encampment of homeless people who've lived there for 50 years. Yeah. Uh, and I'm assuming that Vancouver isn't in as dire uh, cultural straits as uh, the Bay is at the it's, moment. It's uh, not, it's not great, but it's not, yeah. it's nowhere near like San Van Francisco. Levels. Vancouver has a big, like, uh, like the, the company Lululemon was founded here. Mm. Um, so we have a very big kind of like yuppie slash uh, yeah. for lack of a better word, basic bitch kind of population. Nice. That's, that's sort of the, you know, that we got the, the pumpkin spice ladies and the, yes. and the young professional men who are all getting together and, 
drinking expensive cocktails and yeah vancouver hey, and, and freaking uh craft beers as well yeah craft, craft beers craft yeah. hey man that's slowly every single city is uh becoming that i think that's just like the the economic forces that are at work in every city since sort of the financial crisis of 08 every single city has been becoming denver colorado every single city is like legalizing weed building gigantic condos uh every four feet is a axe throwing cornhole craft beer bring your kids but it's only for people who are 39 uh sort of style brewery fucking adult arcade thing that's like needlessly expensive and yet completely packed and never never turns down uh that's happening in every single city the north face the the north face jacket the down jacket people people in nice down jackets vancouver that's a big vibe and then we in canada the the canada goose uh jackets canada goose we have here is the kind of the north 1500 jacket yeah Yeah. that's if you're rich that's your like i would wear a north face jacket but i'm fucking rich i got canada fucking goose yeah Yeah. exactly kiss my ass money we have the we have the maritimes which exists in like its own world outside of anything else in north america so that's the kind of difference i would say between the u.s and canada whereas like the eastern seaboard of the states and even and then obviously as you get down south into florida and and tennessee and georgia and areas like that it's a completely different thing i feel like it's kind of that sort of the same with like eastern canada maritimes it's very and quebec as well yeah well quebec is i mean that's a know, whole other don't oh even God. get started on well, i'll quebec. say the big the big difference for me honestly between eastern canada and western canada and i i get this collateral damage as like a western canadian when someone hears i'm canadian they're like oh do you drink bagged milk no i don't i drink normal milk we drink normal milk in western canada we don't we're not <laughs> freaks who drink bagged milk Damn, like who drinks milk, man? Who drinks well, fucking okay. milk at all? Yeah, I guess <laughs> fair enough, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I just want to make it clear, I don't drink milk anymore. This is for like in my coffee or cereal. You're the yeah. LA guy in this conversation. Stefan's like, fuck you, bag milk. And I'm like, bag milk is great. And then you, and then James, you're like, who even, milk? Uh, milk. Is it made from oats or <laughs> You know? Come on now. I just, yeah. I'm a black coffee girl and I always have been. And, uh, I don't, I just don't get milk anymore. I don't, it makes me farty. It makes me too farty. I, yeah. I, I've been noticing that for me as well, but I'm still kind of, I mean, I, I said this right before uh, you joined the call actually. And I, I feel like I should bring it up. We talk about the Bristol stool chart a lot on this show. And yeah. I laid out a solid four, which is this, the smooth snake right before coming on. I feel like that's a really good, uh, sign well, for, I don't know for the rest anything of my day. about this. I am, so- <laughs> I am, I am whatever is murder scene. I'm, I'm that, <laughs> that every time. <laughs> and then, and that's then a one, I, James. Murder scene is no murder scene is seven. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm so a, I can go over if you want. So, there's seven types on the. I'm Bristol surprised Street, you don't right? know it, James, because it was invented in Bristol, Tennessee. So I don't Ooh, know Bristol, how you Tennessee. Go, yeah, I don't so know. How. We, We've got from College type one to type seven. I don't know that that's true. I just made it up. <laughs> type one. College town. Uh, severe constipation. Separate hard lumps. These are the ones that look like the deer turds. The little yeah, round never. ones. 
Not Never. good. That's that's brutal. That's the worst one to me. And the type seven is severe diarrhea, liquid consistency with no solid pieces. What you want mm-hmm. is is what I just had, which was type four, like a smooth, soft sausage or snake. And that's listed as normal. And then type three is also listed as normal. And that's a sausage shape with cracks in the surface. Um, uh, I'm generally okay. more of a, uh, a top. Uh, I, I'd say type three. Uh, I'm really more of a top five. Oh, I am. No, I'm, I'm not. But uh, soft blobs with clear cut edges, which is lacking fiber. Um, uh, I mean, you got you, you to you gotta bone up on the on the Bristol stool chart, James, because it's. I it's would very say important. I would say that it's six days a week out of six, and then I have <laughs> one perfect day a week where I'm at like that three or four. I yeah. get one beautiful. That, that's your cheat guy. day. And that's my cheat day, and I don't know what I was doing right the night before, but um, that's how it goes for me. And now I think that's all anyone really needs to know about me, and I think I could go ahead and hop off this pod because <laughs> I think I, I think I got out what I needed to. That's literally my plug. That's how I plug the freaking plumbing. <laughs> I well, I mean, if we want to get really into it. Sure. Um, I've been, uh, I, I actually, well, I've talked on the show before about my IBS and, uh, I'm finally going to see a gastroenterologist in like a month. Wow. And, uh, my doctor told me to prepare for that, that I should be taking Restorelax. and boys, mm-hmm. I'll tell you something. It's a now, nice journey. Is, it's a so, really good journey. So that sounds like just a laxative, but the restore part is throwing me off a little bit. Yeah, it's just it's called Restorelax. It's like a powder. It's like a tasteless powder. You just okay. mix it into a drink, and you can put it into any drink. If you want to put it into milk, you can. Black coffee. I don't. I don't drink milk. Just smoothies. Just wanna, uh, well, stuff. you have an iced coffee like every day. That half of that is milk. No, I'm I'm off iced coffees now. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. It's well, anyway, my life. it's uh yeah, it's just like a tasteless powder. You drink it once a day, and it just like regulates just regulates everything. So I am like. I am in the middle. So you're not, it says on the bottle, you're not supposed to take it for more than a week in a row. Cause yeah. they don't want, you don't want your body to get like addicted to it. But my doctor was like, it's fine. They, it just says that on there, but you can take it as long as you want. So I've just been riding a week of force. It would be I mean, really I funny if, if the one, as as I could feel the one substance you ever become addicted to is a powdered laxative. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be the most John thing ever. Anything else? So yeah. that could be it. I guess you don't even, you don't even drink coffee, coffee, really, though, right? Yeah. When I was younger, I used to drink a lot of caffeine, like in university. Yeah. But I hate coffee, so it was Coke. I think I've right. talked about that on the show before. I drink yeah, three yeah. Cokes a day. Man, yeah. I used to do that. I used to do that. I graduated from uh, college uh, before I moved to LA. I was 189 pounds, and I'm six feet tall. Just to give you a BMI idea and um and then i moved to la and i was on antidepressants and i also wanted to like stop drinking but anyway over the first year of living in la for whatever reason just getting adjusted to everyone i knew all their diets and stuff i lost not kidding 45 pounds living in los angeles the first year i lived there you weighed 140 pounds at six feet tall I weighed 145 pounds at six feet tall. That is nuts. That's crazy. Went from from 190 to 145. And I've now in COVID times, I've gotten way more into drinking my calories again. Let me put it that way. I have been, I, the first like four months of COVID, I was just, I was never much of a beer drinker. I would drink beer once a week at my, at my comedy show I hosted. That's when I would drink. And I was more of like a, 
I just wasn't much of a partier. And, um, and then, uh, in man, during lockdown, right when COVID got humming, I just drank like seven IPAs a day, maybe not that many, <laughs> but definitely like the heaviest beers starting at 3 PM. I was like, we were so depressed for a bunch of like reasons on top of the COVID thing. And gosh, I got so fat in, in COVID. I am none of my pants fit. It really sucks. I can't wait to get back on that California steez, get back into eating spinach all day and green juices and, and seltzers and cold brew. And you know what I mean? And walking everywhere. I'd never walk anymore. And I'm so fucking fat and it sucks. And the the walking is, is what, cause like I, I'm definitely, my beer consumption has gone up a lot during COVID as well, but like my walking has like, my walking has stayed the same. I walked everywhere before and Vancouver is a very walkable city. Um, but I would like walk to work and now I'm working from home. Uh, and so there's a bit less walking and a bit more beer. Like if I'm streaming, I'll have like a beer because I'm like hanging out with my buddies playing video games. So yeah, it's like, well, I'll have a beer. Up, right? Sure. But that's yeah. like, that's like five nights a week. Right. So <laughs> right. It, I, I do have a little bit of a, a little bit of a paunch, I would say. I wouldn't quite call it like a, a beer gut, but I am, I am on the road to being one of those skinny old guys with the big beer gut. Um, oh yeah. I, I can a good see that look. too. I, yeah. well, I gained, I mean, I, this is just, so I have never weighed over 200. I'm six feet tall as well. I've never weighed over 200 pounds. Uh, but I'm fairly like, I'm fairly muscular from years of playing sports. I mean, Stefan will attest. I got a bit, I got big, I got a big butt and big thighs. So it's hard for me to weigh much less than like 180 or 185. Uh, you're you're kicked up just carrying a lot of weight in that that trunk section. And, uh, so I was, I was normally cruising like 185, 190. I'd never hit 200 in my life before. And in COVID I peaked at 213. I was, wow. Yeah, it was bad nice. boys. It was bad, but I'm back down. I'm like, I'm cruising like 195 now, which is still a little above where I'd like to be. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, holy shit. It was just, it, and I don't even drink. It was just, it was just going to bed. I was going to bed at 4am every night. Cause I'm a teacher. So schools were closed right. and I'm a substitute teacher. So it wasn't even like doing online or any, I had, I was just didn't have a job for like three months aside from doing this once a week or twice a week. So yeah, it was just, I mean, I'd stay up till 4am playing the Witcher three. I would just eat <laughs> snacks constantly go to bed at four, wake up at 10, do it all again, working out, forget about it. Did none of that. I mean, I usually play some, at least one sport, if not two in the winter time. I mean, I was just, I, it was not good fellas, but we're back in the game. You know, you know, uh, I'll tell you this, this is very fitting for this podcast. You know how I noticed that I was like really gaining weight. Cause I don't, we don't, we didn't have a scale at the time. I noticed it when I was jacking off. I would <laughs> notice that when I would jack off the side of my, like the right side of my body, I had like more rolls. I could like see no. it like, jacking off. You I was, really... Like, you really don't want to become self-aware during uh, no, a solo no. sexual experience. Uh, <laughs> Were you jacking in the mirror like Buffalo Bill? Bad. Like what was going on here? Well, Stefan, you you've seen my washroom. You know, you and I are very avid toilet jack-off guys. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, actually. Yeah, there is the, the mirror is right there. It's a big the mirror yeah. in our bathroom yeah, is facing yeah. the toilet, or is like I guess behind the it's toilet. It's behind it. It's one of the ones that's the wall mirror on the toilet. You can yeah. see your body. So well, yes, I don't normally. Like that. Normally my eyes are closed. I don't want to look at this while it's happening. That's why I had to stop jacking off in your bathroom. 
Guys, no wonder y'all have hundreds of hours of getting blocked by people stories. <laughs> it's it's really no small wonder, let me tell you. You're like, you, uh, when we asked you to come on the show, you're like, I don't even know how these guys really, they just talk about blocks all the time. Like two nice Canadian boys. Yeah. I, I ex- this is, this is true about me. I exclusively masturbate, uh, using my wife's, uh, vagina in a consensual <laughs> sex act. That's, that's, uh, it's <laughs> pretty much the only way I masturbate these days is during yeah. Congress got, with my wife with the white contact. That's the way to do it. I mean, yeah. Congratulations. I mean, that sounds great. It's pretty nice. It's definitely, it was a little bit weird to get used to uh, because I never had anybody like talking to me during it. And so there's a lot of like, a lot of I love you stuff. So if I do, you know, if I do uh, masturbate these days without my wife, um, I have to say I love you a lot to the porn ladies in my movies. Uh, and uh, it's very frustrating, but I mean, do you really want to keep yanking all night? I mean, at some point you need to finish and that, it, that's a minimum of 21 i love you i love you so much um so that's just yeah. a little bit about me <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you guys really love each other i mean that's very sweet uh it would suck being married to someone you didn't didn't love a lot um i just you spend a lot of time together and uh you're with each other's families frequently and uh uh i'm gonna recommend a deep connection before marriage i'm just gonna that's just I'm going to say that's a, that's a pretty, that's a hard requirement. That's, and that's a hot tip. Not a lot of people following that these days. John, John, John just got engaged and I know he's following it. So yeah, true. I love my fiance. Yep. You you love her, right? That's, that's going to be pretty important. Yeah. And I, and that, and I've learned that and I have, I mean, I've never been engaged or married before, but I do. It is something that I've sort of assumed I'm 35 now. I feel like I waited for the right person that Ooh, I was in love 35. with. I know it's not, it's not getting any better. I'll say that. No, I think 35 is the perfect get married age and uh, apologies to any listener under or sorry, over 35 who's listening to this and is yet unmarried, but um, you're toast. You're toast, babe. It's done. Uh, good luck. Unless you, unless you're a guy in which case, please concentrate on making as much accruing as much earthly wealth as possible. <laughs> then and it's dream, yeah, Reallocating yeah. public resources to your bank account uh, <laughs> whenever possible. And um, if you're a woman and you're under 35 and you're not married yet, um, I mean, I can't, I really can't help you and I hope it works out. But I mean, what's, I mean, it used to be that a woman under 35, uh, unmarried or uh, over 35 unmarried was the saddest thing. I think it's back to guy. I think it's back to guy over 35 unmarried. That's, that's the sad thing. Now I think, I think marriage is going to make a big comeback in youth culture. And I think we need to be ready for it. I think we need to encourage it. You heard it here first. I'm a fucking Mormon. I'm a fucking <laughs> religious fundamentalist. And I don't care if you're an alien LGBT. I don't care who you are, a Disney freak. Uh, a, 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 I don't care if you're a brony, but marriage is in and you got to get married ASAP. That's, that's what I'm talking about. That's wow, what I'm okay. So that you're calling for 2021 marriage is marriage is hot again. Marriage is hot again. And anyone unmarried is a filthy loser. <laughs> and 
straight up kill yourself. And <laughs> um, I mean, literally, like you, you want to love the person, but as soon as you do love a person, marry them. Because what? I, just get divorced. Just because just get divorced. The important thing is having been married, because once you're divorced, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Nobody can say shit. You can you can be exactly who you want to be, but you got to be divorced. Don't act divorced before you're married. Okay, Uh, that's great advice. Get married, marry your best friend. If both of you want to be single for the rest of your life, just get married so that you can have big divorced energy for the rest of your life. You can all you can do. You can just talk about the band. Yes, all the time. You can fixate on like expensive, frivolous purchases. You do all that divorced shit and no one can say anything because you're divorced. I mean, it's a, it's a really great life. It's almost as good as being married. I, I feel like I have a bit of the divorced energy with the frivolous purchases thing for sure. But yeah. I feel like that's, that's also a byproduct of, of COVID and being like locked inside for a year and being like, well, what, yeah. do, what can I do? I'm just going to buy a bunch of stupid shit, you know? Scratch everything I just said with COVID. We're all kind of big divorced energy now. And um, I don't think you need to be divorced anymore. You just only have <laughs> have lived through COVID. And I think legally, technically, all of us are divorced now because of COVID. I think we get yeah. the same legal allowances. But if you, get, if you get the vaccine, does, does that mean you're no longer divorced? No, see, because that the specific thing about divorce is you're never not a divorced person. It's like Donald Trump got impeached and never had to leave or anything, but he still was impeached and he'll always be an impeached person. The House right. of Representatives voted to impeach him and uh, divorced is like being impeached. I mean, you could still you could still get married, but you'll never not have been a divorced person. You know what I mean? That's permanent. That makes sense. It's good that to makes know. Sense. It takes yeah. the risk away for you, Stefan. Yeah. <clears throat> so it does. You know, that's that's all you can say. Speaking of risky things, let's move on to our social media updates. What a good segue. Boy, was it smooth. Stefan and John are gonna bring you the news. Prepare for a feast of rarefied takes. Terrible tweets from verified greats. They'll bring their personal feed to you with an update on their social 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 media. James, we always like to start with the guest. What's going on on your social media? Well, as you know, I am just a rocket shooting straight up to the sky. Uh, call Elon Musk and get my serial number written down so he can track it because I am, I am really sailing for the moon right now. It's, it's really unbelievable. I can't believe the response to my shitty comedy uh, that has been happening because, you know what, I feel like I've been putting out stuff of the same grade but for whatever reason, probably because I'm, you know, semi-accurately uh, portraying, I don't know, the leader of the free world or whatever. But um, it might have something a little bit to do with that, that that the voice that I'm doing is uh, culturally relevant or something for the current moment, whatever. But I see I I'm pissed that that didn't happen uh, with my um, my Bobby Flay impression. Super <laughs> Chef Bobby Flay. I think it's a really fun character. And uh, nothing gets less likes on my, um, <laughs> on my social media than one of my Bobby Flay appearances on my podcast. Uh, oh, I, the, it. I, can, I, I love I, Bobby Flay. I'm a can, big beat Bobby Flay. The show makes no sense. I to love me. beat Bobby Flay. It makes can we no hear, sense. Can we hear a little bit of Bobby Flay right now? 
Yeah, so I, I was I was looking over and I saw uh, some of the stale bread. I want me to use some of the stale bread, so I thought, you know, probably the, dice it up, cube it, and uh, get it uh, going in up, up. We're going for like a, a Panzanella direction. I think we're going to take it in a uh, Panzanella direction, do something. And uh, I, I know it's pizza week, so I thought, you know, battle pizza uh, was more fun than. You know, pick a different uh, uh, pizza. Type. Everybody goes for pepperoni. So we do something more fun with the with the with the summer sausage. So I, I got the summer sausage uh, diced up. We're gonna pair that with the uh, uh, Havarti, some nice even cheese. Uh, and uh, everybody's doing honey. Uh, do something with honey. Uh, um, it's not it's not the best, but it's mine. And I mean, it's great. It's it's really away from me. Um, no matter what situation, see, that's the hook that you have to have a hook for a comedy character, right? So no matter what situation Bobby plays in, you ask him anything uh, and it becomes a secret ingredient in some sort of kitchen stadium uh, battle. And uh, that's really the only way I can capture Bobby plays if I'm running down a list of, um, you know, food prep ideas. Uh, and he, he trails off a lot. Uh, he stutters a lot. He's really shockingly uncamera ready for a major celebrity he's he's it's like he's never done an on-camera food interview before because you can barely understand him yeah he um, always seems surprised by the camera too like he'll yeah. walk he'll walk into this like giant studio made basically yeah. especially for him and he kind of looks at the camera like wait what a minute wait the camera's here he yeah. has he has two um rhetorical uh like like speech patterns he has like two different speech patterns there's the one where you're capturing kitchen bobby like exactly as he truly is which is what i just did that's the that's the uh that's the one yeah you know what it's uh it's battle ibarico ibarico is an expensive ham it's really you know, it's, it, it, it can be really hard to source. So, you know, we want to do something uh, fun with it. Just I really just highlight the hand, you know, so he has the, he has the stuttery like kitchen thing, which I think is him at his most natural. And then when he has cue cards, when he has lines to read on beat Bobby Flay, he's like, suddenly he's like a kid in like a middle school uh, spring theater production of like the music man. And he's talking like a 1910s villager in a group scene. Each week on Beat Bobby Flay, one of my fat fucking friends comes into the studio and find out who's going to beat Bobby Flay. Who has what it takes to beat me? There's trouble in River City. And it's probably because of Harold Hill with all the trombone. 76 trombones in the big parade. Uh, and yeah. then he has the sign off at the end of a beat Bobby Flay. Like they, they couldn't, they couldn't blow the horn. So I guess I ran away with the band or, you know, he has like some, like, right. So it's like a pun. CSI Miami fucking <laughs> sunglass flip moment, you know, when Horatio, when David Caruso, <laughs> I guess school's out, you know, when he does one of those things, that's, that's sort of what he has to sum up the entire battle with one shitty little pun. I and was those, Sorry, go ahead. No, those are those are the two ways that he speaks. It's 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 the it's the it's the trouble in River City guy, or it's the uh, Woody Allen character talking about a Barrico ham. <laughs> well, I, I speaking of like you know really feeling bad for ourselves in quarantine. I rewatched Entourage in quarantine, um, and I forgot that Bobby Flay was on it. He's like in like as, him, as himself. Before. Yeah, how so could he not be? Yeah, because Ari, Ari and his wife go through a divorce, speaking of divorced energy, 
<clears throat> they split up and, and they're going through a, a divorce and she starts dating Bobby Flay. And so oh Ari, uh, yeah. So it's just, it really comes into light. Like as for someone like me, who's a fan of the food network and I've seen Bobby Flay do countless hours of television, you know, you can say whatever you want about Jeremy Piven, but he is a great actor and he was so good. He's very good. as Ari. <laughs> like he's not, okay. He's not a great actor, but as he Ari, could Cole, be, he was very, he for sure. For sure, be the face on a so you're getting divorced brochure in the one hundred lobby of a counseling clinic. I mean, he's got divorced face exactly, and he won. I mean, you know, he was in his he was in the hot run of like he won four Emmys in a row or whatever it was, and he was and so like watching Bobby Flay try to act with Jeremy Piven is one of the truly funniest things. Can he keep oh, up? You know I'm what? assuming he can't. No, I mean, not even he, he's just kind of like. Ari, calm down. Like he doesn't, he can't, he just looks like a wooden board in there. It's, it's yeah. just awful. Yeah. I was, we're doing entourage and it's battle acting and you know, uh, Piven is a, he's an amazing chef. I mean, I've been to his restaurant a couple of times. Uh, and, uh, I was, you know, it was there opening night and he, he's an incredible chef. His knife skills, you know, but there you can tell he's, he's still cooking every day. It's not one of these restaurateurs who just like opens a restaurant and kicks back and he never stops cooking. So, you know, he's going to be a tough competitor. And you know what? With cucumbers, I think we're gonna, just going to do a quick pickle on those and uh, really let the cucumbers shine. I mean, it's a beautiful ingredient. So, uh, and a lot of you know, there's a lot of water, but there's really there's a lot of flavor. Yeah, that's. I mean, you just you got it word for. I didn't know you're such a huge entourage. That's his entourage. You, scene, you right? nailed it. Yeah. yeah. You, you I actually that entourage. wasn't an impression. I I held up another phone with YouTube <laughs> on it and played <laughs> the entourage scene. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, uh, Vinny, uh, uh, could I meet Bobby Flay, baby? That's Johnny Drama. I don't. I don't. Really I don't really do the other character. No, that's, I mean, you, you got, you have bought, once you have Bobby Flay, you have entourage. That's what they're all. Hi, yeah, they're, hi, I'm turtle. Hi, I'm turtle. <laughs> yeah. You nailed it. Turtles. Very I nailed sensual. it. Yeah. All, all four entourage characters are Let's sort of. Let's buy an Xbox today. Can we buy an Xbox today, Vinny? <laughs> Oh man! Well, Vince, you you always know it's Vince because he's such a Adrian Grenier, such a bad actor that he will explain his emotions. He doesn't. <laughs> the only time you know that Vince is sad is because Vince says he's sad. You can't. There's no. There's no emotion on his face. Oh man! Oh, this is really tearing me up, guys. I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> it's tough. You know. You only know he's angry when he raises his voice. <sighs> And that's a, that's it's a, a bad show and that's what it makes is. it a good show that's right um and yeah. you know what i'm that kind of guy i'm a big episode one the phantom menace person oh um, okay and and that's just who i am i would much rather watch something that's probably traditionally bad than something that i'm supposed to like um and uh that's just the truth about me um and um you know what oh Speaking of something that I was supposed to hate that totally doesn't suck and I love completely is um, Alita Battle Angel. I feel like all of the cool people who follow me and who I hang out with and talk to are Alita Battle haters. And that was my favorite movie of last year. And um, of all of the big celebs who follow me on um, who follow me on Instagram and Twitter now, of which there I'm surprised that there are a lot of. A lot of famous people still follow me, and it's every day I check Julia Louis Dreyfus, and it still says follows you. Oh, like, oh my God, Julia Louis Dreyfus, incredible, incredible! Oh, is there a better comic actor? I really can't think of one. Um, 
And uh, but Alita herself, uh, Rosa Salazar, is a, is a follow of my Instagram videos. And wow. a, you know what? A frequent liker. And uh, I want to tell you, Rosa Salazar, uh, Miss Big Eyes, um, I can't wait for the Ed Norton sequel uh, to Alita Battle Angel. I loved it so much. James Cameron, if you're listening, put down Avatar. Sucks. <laughs> Get back to Alita Battle Angel right now. I know Robert Rodriguez will come in under budget. I know he'll make it in less than two months. You know he's good. You know he's good. Pull him off of this Spy Kids reboot. I need both of you in the room writing Alita Battle Angel 2. God, I love that movie so much. It's I, that I've movie, heard good things about it. I have heard good things about great. it. And and I think I am going to watch it this week at some point. I've been I've been putting it off for a while. Um it feels to me like how Speed Racer is sort of having a moment the past yes. couple of years where everyone's yes. like, Oh, Speed Racer kicks ass. It's actually really good. And it, it feels the like Wachowskis the same sort of thing. kick ass. Yeah, I, I haven't do. seen a bad Wachowski's movie. I love uh Cloud Atlas. That was one of those movies that I think people were telling me I was supposed to. Is, not is like that the one where Tom Hanks has cornrows? That is the one where Tom Hanks briefly becomes Chet Hanks. It's okay. true. Uh, <laughs> he does speak in patois and have have dreadlocks, uh, but it's it's a really it's just a really good movie, and um, uh, I I just think it's funny. People watch it and they 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 totally disengage from. Uh, their better senses when they talk about it. I, I think it's awesome. I think Jupiter Ascending is awesome. I like anything like that. I think that's why. Yeah. I think that's why I'm a Phantom Menace person. Uh, is uh, I, I don't know. For some reason, I love big, expensive spectacle and a big swing. I love perplexed network executives being like, "Really, you want to make this? It's very, very expensive." And then a, a James Cameron or a George Lucas or somebody being like, "Pay for it! Pay for it now!" <laughs> Let me uh, let me ask you this. I'm I'm guessing you also liked uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. God, did I love Valerian? Do I have Valerian promo merch? Yes. <laughs> have I seen Valerian more than once? Yes, one and a half. Because halfway through, the people I was watching it with said, "Can we please watch anything else?" <laughs> I love Valerian. I love anything that feels like a Final Fantasy X cutscene. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 that's just like the kind of thing that I like, uh, and that includes Final Fantasy anything. Uh, um, and hopefully, one day I will get the opportunity. I, well, hopefully, one day I will become such a big impossibly impossibly um uh famous star that they will let me do one of those awful awful movies that said i i hate marvel and anything dc or marvel it it, it usually sucks and uh don't like any of those um but um God, I would. God, I would do. I would do even the worst of a terrible well, Star well, like Wars. Well, the the, the, Mar the Marvel and like DC movies feel very like focus grouped, and then all the movies you listed feel like they had several focus groups, and then we're like, let's just do the opposite of what everyone said. Exactly. The movies I listed are the are are auteurs trying to make a blockbuster with no one else's input. Yeah, and I think that you get such like breathtaking results from that i re i mean honestly uh i let's god i don't want to spend your entire podcast just <laughs> screaming about attack of the clones but um uh yeah phantom menace is going to be the number one prequel for me 
of all the Star Wars prequels. And everyone wants to look cool and say that it's, oh, it's Revenge of the Sith or something like that. And they're just... The... Have you watched any of those movies recently? Phantom Menace is the only watchable one. It's It's got so much going for it. And it sucks that people... I don't know what's going on with the internet, but people just get entrenched in a particular take and they can never let go of it. They're like, they're like a feral dog. Once they decide what they feel about something, they can't forget it. And, um, uh, it's, I don't know. I think you just got to be open-minded about some of these things. I think, I think if you're open-minded, you will end up liking some of those dumb movies more than you do. And by the way, a lot of prestige, great acted movies that are perfectly composed are forgettable as fuck. You immediately forget you saw, you know, half of the best picture winners as soon as you saw them and you never need to see them again. And they, they age like milk too. I mean, crash came out, people thought it was awesome. And a year later, people are like, fucking crash what a terrible fucking movie that one best picture that's not the david cronenberg one that's the it's the bad crash the bad crash the bad crash i am of course talking about the live one yeah i'm talking no i'm talking about the live action adaptation of the crash bandicoot playstation games (laughs) hey seth green was great as crash bandicoot seth green was amazing i i have no idea why luis guzman agreed to be aku aku but he did (laughs) such a good job and uh he didn't need to and um uh you know what i i thought it was i thought it was an awesome movie i thought it was an awesome movie and i think it deserved a sequel maybe a prequel (laughs) i agree Stephen, what's going on in your social media? Uh, this is this is something that's going to split a lot of people, I think, as well. Uh, mostly our listeners in in the Midwest and Wisconsin. This is something that I saw this morning, posted by our friends at Minion Death Cult. Uh, so shout out to Alex and Tony. Go check out Minion Death Cult. Very good podcast. They posted a couple of screen grabs from Facebook um, on the Wisconsin Department of Health Services page, uh, and I guess this is. I mean, look, I, I'll, eat, I'll eat like raw meat and stuff with sushi. And this is sort of uh, spoiling what, what this post is all about. Uh, and you, you may have already seen it. Um, but this seems like maybe the wrong way to go about eating raw meat. Uh, so I'm going to read the post from the Wisconsin Department of Health Services. Time for our annual reminder that there's one holiday tradition you need to pass on. Raw meat sandwiches, sometimes called tiger meat or cannibal sandwiches. Many Wisconsin families consider them to be a holiday tradition, but eating them poses a threat for salmonella, E. coli, uh, campylobacter, and listeria uh, that can make you sick. And no, it doesn't matter where you buy your beef. Remember, ground beef should always be cooked to an internal temperature of 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Find more holiday food safety tips, and then they, they link uh, to their website. Hashtag food safety. And there's a couple comments here from... Um, I guess people who are fans of the Wisconsin Department of Health Services page for some reason. Uh, the first reply, to follow my uh, my provincial branches of regulation. <laughs> so one this of my is from things to do. Trevor Lorraine, who is uh, labeled as a top fan of the Wisconsin Department oh, of Health Services. Oh, baby, got the whole star and everything. Yeah. So he says, nope, as much as I respect the Department of Health, I've been eating them since I was six. I'm not stopping now. And this isn't party food. This is I'm hungry for this and will eat it on any day that ends in Y. Uh, and then from Richard Bell, been keeping my family tradition going for many years. Raw beef, onions, salt and pepper on mini rye bread. Yum. Buy it special cut and ground fresh from a local small town butcher. No problems in over 60 years of eating it. Wisconsin tradition with a brandy old fashioned. Now, I, All I mean, of that sounds so I, gross. Like, it's, it, it, 
it's even ground beef. Non, it's raw ground beef. Like even the non salmonella stuff he suggested. Brandy old fashioned. Ugh, sickly sweet. <laughs> and the I raw onion on a sandwich too is not. That's not. I good see either. the raw onion. I like. And you know what? I'm gonna go to a fine steakhouse and get beef tartare. I yeah. will. I like um, that. But um, the way that these people are defending, obviously spending the least amount of money possible on ground chuck and buying it from whomever um, is insane. And I I think that like steak tartare is like specifically prepared in such a way that you're not going to get sick from it. Or at the very least, you you mitigate it. But uh, listening to like ceviche, ceviche is technically you don't end up uh, ridding the shrimp or fish or whatever of all microbial growth, but you do, um, set up the, the musculature of the protein a little bit. You, you, there there is acid that does kill at least some of it. Hearing that this person hasn't applied any acid designed, there's no vinegar. There's not, there's nothing there that kills anything, uh, is, is just insane. And, it it feeds into my my greater critique about Wisconsin cuisine, which is: Have you stupid white people never heard of like flavor or seasoning anything to sound flavor? Like every time they describe this raw beef sandwich, I was just like, okay, you haven't kept up with any not only hygiene uh, advancements or science advancements, you've also not kept up with anything culinary that has shifted in like yeah. tastes like there's no spices or anything listed there at all it's just raw beef well, with salt and pepper salt and pepper okay fine but like god why do you hate flavor i mean like raw meat does not have a whole lot of flavor the cooking isn't just there to kill microbes it's to make it taste like fucking anything yeah uh and not everything that was done in medieval times, you, you don't need to march to, say, like Israel right now and kill the opposite religion. Or I, I'm referring to the Crusades, not to uh, an ongoing war I can't actually comment about. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was picking something in the medieval times like you don't want to go to a rat. Let me let, let's do the black pig. You don't want to go to a rat infested uh, city just because your uncle lives there and die of a preventable disease oh wait that's relevant today to today too um uh man i'm having trouble it seems like people are insisting on doing medieval shit that we have proved is detrimental to your health uh um you know what i mean i uh it, we're in a weird time right now when where people are like insistent upon uh, just uh, uh, oh god i'm it's in national i'm in like- middle I'm in middle Tennessee for the winter and just the, the pandemic does not exist to people out here. Like it's flu season. There's a global pandemic for another separate virus. Why would you throw a stomach virus on top of that? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing to me. There's something about it. Like, you know, you talk about tartare or like beef carpaccio or something like that, where you're getting it at a restaurant and then, you know, comparing it to, there's something that's like almost more trashy about like putting it on bread to me. Like, I don't know why, but they're just like soak the bread too. Like you have to like the process of making it, you have to like peel the sanitary napkin off the beef and then you slap the beef onto some bread and it's good to go. Apparently. I mean, it's just so, yeah. I mean, obviously the big issue is the raw ground beef, but the second issue, James, as you said, is like, there's no flavor to it. Flavor. 
flavor. Why can't you just be a man of flavor yeah. and just I get something? Like one guy who's like, uh, well, it's not just a party snack. And I was like, yeah. I was never thinking of this as a party <laughs> snack. I was never like, fuck, get me to Milwaukee. I really hope someone puts out the raw, the whatever cannibal sandwich platter. Ah, we we were going to do la- last summer. We were going to go on tour with the street fight guys uh, to, to the Midwest potentially. And, and Milwaukee yeah. was maybe going to be one of the stops. And I'm realizing now, like if we were there, I feel like, I feel like Brian would have tried it. Probably. Oh, Brian, eat, Brian. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Brian needs anything. I yeah. believe. I don't yeah. know that for a fact. He just seems like you would. <laughs> burning a 15 year old girl at the stake for being weird isn't just an annual activity that we do it's something to do any day of the week that ends in why we love doing shit from 500 years ago that didn't make sense then and still doing it because it's a tradition if someone did it one time then it's a tradition uh, but yeah, that's my nasty social media update yeah, for the sucks. week. John, what's uh, what happened? Uh, with well, shit? I got to give uh, before we get into this, I got to give a uh, shout out to Mutt from the Discord. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he noticed and I don't know how he found this, uh, but he found this guy on Twitter uh, whose name is Brad Shank. Uh, and he's at, at Shank Brad on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. So his bio is. I block anyone who follows me. I'm not here for followers or social validation, simply to give my opinion and share mimetic ironies. I guess that's how you say it. I don't even know that's word. Sure. Anyway. And Puke. then it says gold holding to a Patriot. Um, All right. So, you know, I, like, I don't know what that even means. I have a bunch of gold. I don't know. Yes. So anyway, uh, so Mutt uh, noticed this and uh, he was like, tried it out followed at the time brad had zero followers so matt tried it out followed him brad blocked him very quickly and he posted about it on our discord so i was like okay like i'll see about getting blocked by this guy as well so i followed him sure enough like an hour later i got blocked so last night around like 8 p.m i tweet uh like a story in four screen caps where i screen cap his bio me being his only follower and then me being blocked and, you know, this got a little bit of traction on Twitter and people thought it was pretty funny. And he was obviously in bed. Uh, so we were able to get his follower count up to 140. Uh, <laughs> everyone was just like, okay, sweet. I'm going to follow this guy. Let's see. And I was kind of like, I was on the fence as to what he would do because I sort of thought like if we could get up, so he's only following 200 accounts. I sort of thought like if we could get up to his like follower account, maybe he would just like quit Twitter. Like he'd like start a new account. Like I'm not going to go through and block like all 200 of these people one by one. That's so annoying. I'm, I'm not going to bother. And then sure enough, woke up this morning and he had blocked every single person <laughs> and he had gotten his follower account back down to zero at some point. But then the last time I looked, it was back up to 13 because people just keep following him to like piss. Okay. Him off. So, so what, is, sorry, what is his name again? Cause you need to spell it out so that everyone who listens to this can follow. Yeah. Him. I'll, so it's, I'll do it right now. It's I'm doing it right now. Shank Brad S H E N K. Yeah. Brad B R A D shank okay he has 19 followers right now his most recent tweet is 11 hours ago thanks to all the uh brigadiers for buffing my blocked list imagine being able to read my profile description yep i'm following what 
This, yes, what that, is, was what is big, his that was his deal? big comeback was he was like, imagine being able to like, that was his like, did you not even read my profile description? Like that was his, like, he's being sarcastic. Like imagine if you could just read my profile description, then I wouldn't have to block all of you. It's like, no, that is why we're following you, dude. Um, we're, we're trying to get, <laughs> we're trying to piss you off. And he's yeah. a bad, like for the record, this is not, he's a bad guy. Like, well, he retweeted, yeah, his, his most, re- he retweeted the Babylon B. Yeah, yeah. He retweeted so. the Babylon B about, uh, like, a, he retweeted a pro-life joke from the Babylon B. So uh, give him a he, follow. Yeah. Oh so, man. He's got a lot uh, going, but yeah. One more time. That's at Shank Brad. S-H-E-N-K-B-R-A-D. Everyone, please go follow him right now. All right. Speaking of being blocked, let's move on to our block tale. What did you tweet? You brought receipts. Block tale. Woo. No longer can see the post. It's a block tale. Woo. You probably deserved it. It's a block tail. All right, James, uh, we talked about this a little bit before the show, and uh, it was very funny because you you came on the call and you were like, well, you know, guys, I haven't really been blocked that much. Like, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about, aside from this, like, one, like, very personal drama that I had, and you explained it, and it sounded like it could be one of our better block tails. So <laughs> I'm very excited for it. Uh, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Uh, okay. So, uh, a while back, sort of when I first got to LA to sort of amp my comedy into the next uh, level, um, I, I'm a guitarist as I'm sure everybody knows. <laughs> I'm a very good guitarist. And, um, I, uh, was, uh, uh briefly in a, a comedy, uh, two comedy bands. The first name of our band was the vagina dehumidifiers. Um, <laughs> And then uh, that sort of rapidly changed to center around my comedy partner. Um, and uh, I played in this band. This is a, I feel like this is a fairly prominent guy. Uh, he, uh, he is just like a really interesting guy. And I had a major falling out with him um, for like, God, numerous reasons. But the main thing is because of um, it, it really all came down to the music, babe. It really all came down to the music. He was one of those guys that everybody, um, and by the way, I need to be clear. There is a cool, like nice from who's like a posh and hilarious comedian who's still working. And um, I actually thought it was hilarious that uh, the cool immediately became more famous than the that I hate. Um, (laughs) So that to the point that when you Google him, only cool shows up so shout out to cool um but uh this other guy uh uh i i really came to hate him for a long time and it was this thing of i almost alienated a lot of my like friends in comedy who were still friends with him i mean when we split up we were both the singer songwriters of the band sort of but it was really band um but when we split up um creatively speaking i should say we weren't like you know in a hot and heavy uh sort of makeout situation at all um uh when we split up the band was kind of on his side they didn't want their they didn't want their never getting paid gravy train to end um uh like a rich kid he his parents bought him a condo in uh la to live in for free while he quit while he like worked on spent 24 7 becoming famous um, but he was just, you know, he's just one of those guys that like, if you, if you're not working 
a day job somewhere folding clothes or something or prepping food, you're never like learning anything about how to be a human. He was one of those guys that just like was in everything was like impossible to, to deal with, with him. Like I, one time I left a cabinet of his open and he was like, why did you leave a cabinet open? He like, he like couldn't handle it. It was very much like never had a single actual problem in his life energy. Um, and I don't want to get too much into just like personally explaining every little, the nitty gritty of everything that, uh, contributed to our, our sort of toxic relationship. It really came down to, um, I wrote a song called, uh, skateboard and, um, he, uh, he, uh, he played this song, um, like at his own shows. And it was a song that I wrote a hundred percent of. I played it for the first time for him. The first time we ever hung out. And it was the song that I'd written. And he, I found out later that he had listed himself as a co-writer on it through ASCAP. Um, and he like played it at JFL as one of his songs. Never like asked my permission to play any of these songs. Uh, and then there were like two or three other songs that we co-wrote that he continued to play as his own stuff, even after I left the band. Like, uh, there was that Adam Devine, um, Adam Devine's house party show. He, like, played one of the songs that I wrote on Adam Devine's house party, like, without my permission or asking me or anything. Like, I, I totally found out after the fact. Like, I saw the clip, and I'm like, that's my I wrote that song. And he's, like, playing this chord progression I wrote, this chorus I wrote, all this stuff. So I had this like huge long thing where when I was younger and less mature, it really fucked with me. And I was like, what am I going to do about this? I couldn't like figure it out at all. I thought that I thought that, you know, he was on the rise and I was nowhere in comedy. I thought that like basically I would never be able to do my own stuff again. It really psyched me out. And um, uh, gosh, this is let's see. I checked his Twitter a year or so ago and uh i'm blocked from it it's the only time that i can say that i'm blocked from somebody and um when we broke up um and by the way the story goes so much deeper than this i'm really just don't want it to take four hours yeah. and to be like full i mean of, it like, sounds reasonable like what you were telling us sounds like grounds enough. Like I'm hey. sure that there was a bunch of other, like, you know, you've alluded to the stuff that, to the fact that there's other stuff, but like, to me, as someone who used to play in bands and is a drummer. So went through the kind of like, how much of the percentage of this song do you own and whatever, having yeah. gone through all of that, like to me, you've explained enough where it makes perfect sense. I don't think people are listening like, Oh, it doesn't really sound that bad. Like it sounds pretty fucking bad to me. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's pretty bad. And I can, I can tell this story purely from the creative aspect and still have people like on my side with sort of the like details of the creative aspect. Cause it did get into, eventually got into legal territory because it was stuff that I was planning to use for my own that he was listed as like a co-writer. Like I would have to give revenue to a guy who contributed nothing to one of my songs like it was it was like stuff that he'd done without um uh, talking to me also never paid for like millions of tracks that i recorded like guitar tracks and stuff that i recorded on his albums there was no compensation for anything i for some reason i constantly owed him money i was expected to buy stuff 
for this band that was just his name. It was, it was all of this stuff. And then I'd be like, dude, I'm a stand up. I'm my own guy. And then he'd be like, oh, you don't want to be in my band anymore, man. Um, that's a, by the way, a very good impression. of her. <laughs> Um, yeah, he ended up blocking me. I can't remember if I ever subbed him. Um, I, I think it's probably unhealthy to go back through your tweets and look for stupid things. You said, I, it's probably not a good thing to do. Hopefully, <laughs> Hopefully I'll one day have reached a finish line in therapy and can like go back and look at fucking 2013 without vomiting all over my computer and needing to take it to, uh, the genius bar. But, um, uh, that day hasn't happened yet. Uh, but this is the all oddly, this is the most, even my voice has ever been talking about this guy. He made me so mad for so long to the point that when we drew up a contract to dissolve our creative partnership, um, one of my, one of my, um, a masterstroke in our contract was that anywhere that I had played guitar on any of his records, I had to be credited as Elliot Stabler, uh, Christopher Maloney's character from Law and Order <laughs> Special Victims Unit. Um, so there's a guy named Elliot Stabler credited on all this comedy oh music. Oh my god, that's incredible. Um, and that's me. Those are my terrible solos. Um, and, uh, gosh, it was just, it was just like a years long thing. And I was really immature. I definitely had stupid stuff that I did or said, uh, amid all this. Um, uh, but, um, uh, not near as bad as him. And, uh, it's just weird to think like, Oh yeah, that was like a huge part of my life. And a girlfriend at the time, a girlfriend of mine at the time said, you know, you can just quit. And I was like, I can just quit. And I quit one day and it felt so good. And then that's when all of the sort of legalish stuff started happening. That's when, after I quit, that's when he started playing songs of mine that he didn't write at all, like, uh, at, at JFL in Montreal and at like on comedy central and stuff like that. I had to have like a reporter friend be like, he played your music at JFL. Like he didn't write any of that. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, my lawyers were like, well, this is really expensive and it would be impossible to litigate unless you were a gajillionaire. So I was like, oh, okay, never mind." So, so maybe someday. I, maybe, no, I'm not, I'm not like that. It, I'm clearly over it. <laughs> <laughs> I, Here's the thing. I'm married now. I am not in comedy music, thankfully, and I'm doing just fine with my middling character actor career. And, um, you know, I'm I'm a Trump impersonator. So things are good. And um, uh, I've like, you know, I've really settled down in my life. And he has uh, a baby now. And I think, you know what, having a baby and like raising a child will probably do a lot of the legwork that you know i would hope for in the part of me that still feels like uh, a part of me is still friends with this guy and wants him to be okay like that's like the that's like the the stupid christian part of me that still beats in my heart wants this guy to like figure his shit out and i checked his social media i had to go like on a you know like when you're blocked by somebody and you have to like go through a weird like internet thing to see what they're up to. Yeah. Like you have to like, like yeah, we do that all on. the time. We're familiar <laughs> we do it all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to do that and I checked on him and it seems, it seems like he is 
co-parenting with somebody and raising a child now. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's about as much life as I could wish this guy to have on his plate. I mean, it really doesn't get better than that as far as what, what I could hope for him. Um, and I, I, I have to assume that he's fine. I, and I, I legitimately want him to be fine. Bad. If you are listening, not cool. You're, you're a cool guy, but bad. If you're listening, I hope you are doing okay. Um, and I don't like your art. I, and I, and I just never have, um, but keep on keeping on and, and I hope you do have a happy life and figure it out. But that that is the only person that I know for sure has blocked me. And I, I you know, it's sad that he's missing out on um, all of my sweet clips from my hit hit podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's uh, it's truly it. It is a great. It's a crazy story. I mean, I, I like one thing I do like about it, and we've had some sort of similar block tales on this on the show before where you where it's like it's much more complicated than just like you know like you can block someone on twitter just like brad shank he just blocks someone for following him like literally the most surface level reason to block someone he doesn't know who i am he doesn't care who i am he just blocks me because i did the thing of following him and and it, so it's just so funny to me that you can have this very real life very serious thing but then you also have to consider or like take the step of like oh yeah i should also like block this guy on all my social yeah. media you know it's just so silly yeah but i yeah it. yeah i i think i blocked him i may have blocked him first and that may be why he he blocked me on twitter um but um god i man this is one of those things that I just like do not talk about anymore. So I'm like wondering if it was bad to talk about. Maybe you can do a fun, loud bleep through his name the entire time. And then, sure. and then, yeah. and th this will really go viral then because people are going to be theorizing about who it is. Yeah. yeah. And we can call uh, the episode, uh, you know, uh, James Austin Johnson versus a comedy partner or a comedy friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's usually what we do. We, when, when we need to okay. hide the, uh, when we need to hide the names of people, like it's an episode of 2020 or something. Right. Uh, that's usually what we'll do. We'll use some sort of vague. It's usually women who are being harassed, who are like, and they're being yes. harassed by someone in their like comedy scene or whatever, where yeah. they're like, well, I don't want to start scene drama. So just say it's like another comedian or whatever, <laughs> you know? Uh, all right. So, I mean, yeah, that was a, uh, I mean, a truly, truly wild tale. And um, I mean, I loved it. It was great. Uh, and we have uh, kind of a, this has never happened in the history of 108 episodes of Block Party. Normally at this point, we had read a listener block um, where, you know, someone would send in a block to us and, and we would read it on the show for them. Uh, but we actually got, we got kind of a crazy uh, email this week, Stefan, from, um, well, from a certain man's people. Uh, okay. saying that he he wanted to wanted to come on the show yeah. and uh and specifically talk about a block tale because I think he's heard we've mentioned him a few times on the show before and he wanted to just kind of be a part of it and and sort of get into the sort of blocking yeah. so this is this is a listener and he's like sort of famous or something or Yeah, yeah. So it's actually it's kind of crazy. One of the most famous people on earth we'd actually say. Wow. Um, and I think he's on the, I think we have him on the line now. Uh this is uh 
soon to be former president, the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump oh is my here. God. Hey, Don. Well, you know that Hi. it's very, hello, Block Party. We love, by the way, we love Dave Chappelle and Block Party and uh, Michelle Gondry and all of it. So we think that you're doing really great stuff with the show. And we love Dwala and Kuali and everybody. So good job with it. But uh, I do want to quickly say that we are probably definitely going to be doing, definitely maybe going to be doing four more years and probably four more years after that. So I don't think it's going to be soon to be former. I think you're going to have a much later, I think you're going to be much later with former. I think we're doing latter, frankly. I think that we're doing latter president. I think we're doing once a future king for president, probably, probably longer than anybody. I want to say, <laughs> I think the record holder for president is probably, I don't know, maybe Lincoln, but we're doing a lot more, I think, a lot more president than even Mr. Lincoln. I think we're going to be doing it for a very long time. And I think that we are very beloved and enjoyed. And I think we're doing better probably with president than a lot of them, probably even better than 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 Lincoln or even with Jackson or Trudeau or really any of them, I think, you know, we're doing really, really wonderful with it. That's, I mean, that, okay. Well, sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to, you know, I didn't mean to insult you off the bat, but you, we, we had been told by your people that you actually wanted to talk about a, a block story of yours on the show today. Is that right? You know what? A lot of the people like me and a lot of the people don't like me. I have people that love me more than anybody, but we have a lot of the people who say, you know, we don't like you. You're not, they're not doing they're not doing president, frankly, very nice in regards to in respect to liking president or being American, I think even. So we have a lot of people that don't like me, but I think that the amount of people that do like me is just incredible. We've got more people that do like me, I think, more than the people who don't, even though a lot of people don't like me. And it's very, very unfair. Nobody likes me. Nobody likes me. And then we've got a lot of people that do. So you really have lots of it. You've really got lots of it. So we're doing a lot with block. A lot of people block me, but I think a lot of people are unblocking, frankly, at numbers we've never seen. I think a lot of the people are unblocking as they see the awful things that are occurring with vote. I think as people pay attention, you know, the good people, the people that we like, white, uh, as people are paying attention <laughs> They're seeing incredible numbers and they're saying, we've got to unblock this guy. I think we're not going to block him anymore. Even Kumail, even Kumail is following again. And he was doing such a good job with abs and with Marvel. I think he was wonderful with it. Even though we don't really like Big Bang, we tend to like some of the other ones, but we like Kumail a lot and we loved, we love Silicon. And we we don't you know what we don't like is Thomas. I think Tom is is not so nice. I don't like Thomas, Tom. we don't Thomas like, Middleditch. We don't like Mr. Thomas. We don't like Middleditch. And you know what? He was he was not so nice to his wife and Playboy. And I don't like that. That is a very good magazine. And you need to be a little bit more invested, I think. When you're talking to Playboy, because there's a lot more than just beautiful boobies. You've got great, great articles about all kinds of things, about PlayStations, about all of it. So I think that when you're doing 
when you're doing, when you're talking to media, which is all bad, but there are medias that are very good. And so I think that he was pretty disrespectful when it came down to it uh, because he was talking about swingers. And we all know that made is a lot better than swingers. And I don't think the people like made as much. They don't like made as much. They want to watch swingers. And I said, I don't think swingers was that good. Frankly, chef much more recent is maybe one of the better Favros. So we need to, I think we should be throwing our weight, frankly, behind Mr. Favreau and uh, uh, and listening to him. Although people people really don't like Pod Save America. They say that it's one of the least liked shows, so they don't like what Mr. Favreau is doing. But I thought Jumanji and uh, Lion King were really good. We loved Iron King. We loved Jumanji. We like Chef. We like all of them. We really like all of them. So he's a wonderful director. And what is better than Elf? It's Christmas time, so what is better than Elf? Do, do you have any thoughts on uh, The Mandalorian or, or Baby Yoda or Grogu, as, as he's known now? You know what? A Mandalorian is a beautiful woman, and I think that the longer that you get to know her, you find out things that you didn't even know about her. Like, under that helmet is a very sexy lady, and she really likes a lot of MAGA, and she does a lot of really good work with with Republican. So I think with a Mandalorian, this is a person who... We need to support her. She, you know what I mean? She, she is a very brave person. And when she's played up with Neil Gaiman, I said she's doing the right thing because Neil, Neil's very bad. I mean, the entire, the entire second half of America Gods is just so impossible to read. I mean, I, I think he's, he thinks he's Stephen King. Call me when you can write 2,000 beautiful pages a year. And he just couldn't do it with novel. Maybe he's good with comic, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's so good with novel. I don't think he's so good. I mean, if you are trying to be adult novel and yet the only success you have is with kids, with, with chapter books, I mean, you don't see Captain Underpants saying, oh, I'm going to get a big HBO limited series now. You... Dave Pilkey knows his lane and he sticks to it. So he's not going to take Captain Underpants and turn it into something it's not supposed to be. Do we really need a gritty reboot of Lizzie McGuire? I think these people are so stupid when it comes to it. But to answer your question, we, you know what? I would say that we don't even know Thomas Middleditch. I don't know him very well at all. We don't know him. We're much bigger with Schwartz. Sonic, unbelievably good. It didn't need to be. And yet they did so good with it. Uh, I mean, thank, thank you. I think I, I, was there even a blog? Did you, was there even a block tail in there, Stefan? I don't even, I I mean, we got a lot of, yeah, uh, we learned a lot, I think from, from Mr. Trump, sir. Um, and, and we really thank you for taking time out of your busy day to drop by and, and, and speak with us. You know what, Black Party, you're great Americans and you've done such wonderful work for the Trump administration. We want to thank you for all of the wonderful support that you've shown through all of your voting and through the big trucks that you drive through all the crowds of people and all the wonderful stuff that you do. So I wanted to say thank you to everybody uh, for doing such a wonderful job with Black Party and a big thank you to Dave Chappelle. Who is who is still one of our favorite people, and when he does block party, he does it so good with all of the rap and all of the comedy. And what a what a stable person! I mean, this guy is so stable, and he's so wonderful. I mean, you really you really never know what he's going to do, and unpredictability might be the best indicator of consistency with somebody. And I think that Dave Chappelle gives you that. Every time. I mean, I loved 
watching all of his shows. He, he does he does such a good job. And you've got mail. More and more people are watching. <laughs> you've got mail all the time. I mean, if it wasn't for Dave Chappelle, there wouldn't be a black person in the movie. So wonderful job to Nora <laughs> Ephron and a wonderful job to Dave Chappelle for making it palatable <laughs> to people. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Trump. We, we appreciate you being here. We, we love Dave Chappelle too. And, uh, we know you're a very busy man. So, so we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, if you want to thank us, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash blocked party, where $5 a month gets you access to three bonus episodes and one live episode every month. Uh, speaking of live episodes, we have a great one coming up this Saturday, December 19th, Caroline Goldfarb is going to join us for, uh, another another episode of Whistler, Stefan. We're going to be watching the season one finale of Canada's version of the OC, Whistler. That's live on Zoom. If you donate any amount to our Patreon, you'll get the link uh, for that show. So that's going to be a blast. Uh, and yeah, you can check it. We got a ton of bonus stuff. We we just did a, a Cullen the Herd episode with uh, Chad Dundas. We talked about an MMA block. We've got a cameo episode coming out this week. We haven't done one of those in a while. So we got one of those coming out this week. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, so check it out, patreon.com slash party. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at BlockedPartyPod. If you like the show, you can rate and review it on iTunes, subscribe, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Uh, James, uh, I know you're back now. It was weird that you weren't here for the Trump call. You know what? I'm still on the line, and we don't know <laughs> who you're talking about with James, but I want to say really quickly about the OC. This is a show that, speaking of no black people, they could not even find a, a line, a role for anybody unless it's administrative, maybe a principal or something like that. But that's how you know a show is racist, is if the only black character is in a quick exposition role. I am an authority figure and I'm spouting exposition about the white people in the show. And the OC was probably worse at this than any of them. The only, by the way, the only major role they gave Chris Brown. Don't we not like Chris Brown? I thought we were out on him. I thought he was, <laughs> I thought he was punchy with Rihanna. So maybe we need to reassess that as something. I don't know. But with, with the OC, I mean, you just said, I mean, a lot of when, you know what, when, when you've got only white people. I mean, I've been to Southern California. There's a lot more than just white people down there. No, not even Latinos, no Asians, nothing. I mean, I know it's set in Orange County, but my God, I mean, you couldn't get Vietnamese. You got a large Vietnamese population in Orange County. You could add a subplot with that. You're telling me, you're telling me that Seth Cohen never fell in love with a beautiful Vietnamese woman in Orange County. I think it's incredible that they would say that that never happened because it's it's totally not grounded in any kind of reality. And I think we're going to have a very important conversation with Mick G, who directed the pilot. And we're going to have an important conversation with John Schwartz because they ran into a similar issue with Gossip Girl. Okay, they ran into the same thing with Gossip Girl and they're just repeating mistakes. If you forget your history, you are doomed to repeat. So this is why we got to leave up all of the slave monuments and all of the Confederate <laughs> That's why we got to leave it all up. We got to say these are cool dudes who are doing Confederate because otherwise you're going to forget it. Otherwise you're going to forget it. And am I mixing the messages? Yes, I'm probably better at mixed message than just about anybody. Than just about anybody. We're doing bold checks, mix messages all the time. Well, sir, we, we end uh, every show with a with a top three where we go around and, and, and we have a category and we, we give our top three in that category. I mean, if, if you have if you have time before your, your your next tea time, would you like to stick around for the top three? 
You know, we don't really do tea. We're much more with coffee, but I do have to play golf after this. So we would probably do need to speed it up. But I can do top three, top four, top five. We, we really do it all. We do it more numbers than anybody. Even with top three, we're, we're probably going to go up to 25, 26. So I think you're going to be really surprised with some of the numbers that you see. We're seeing better numbers than we've ever seen, frankly. Uh, okay. Well, do you want to suggest the, the topic for a top three? We could do top three Subway sandwiches. We have Subway up there in the chilly Great White North. We we do. We, we do, do have Subway yeah. up here. We yeah, do. that's that's a good topic. Why, sir, why don't you go first with your with your number three? Number three, that's gonna be sweet onion chicken teriyaki with the sweet onion sauce, which is really wonderful. And then you gotta probably do for number two, you probably do have to do number two after it, but if we're doing number two with respect to sandwich you go with maybe one of the canadian edition sandwiches like all dressed ruffles uh first probably and then number one is going to be the terrible terrible little ham sandwich that you get at a montreal iga the one with <laughs> the, the sad little green bell pepper strip on top i don't think i've ever had a better subway sandwich than that one so we're probably going to say that. We're probably going to say the sad ham sandwich with a little bit of the green bell pepper strip on top of it that you get very cynically served to you at the Quebec IGA when you're there over where they're doing Quebec and they all do a big French. They're all speaking French and you got to say merci and they don't give you your change back. I didn't understand that at all. I was expecting a bunch of small denominations of change and they didn't give me the change. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, that's going to be tough to beat, but um, I, and then I I'd say go... number negative one would be the Tim Hortons. What you do is you get the maple glace and you slice it in half <laughs> and then you get you get a maple bar and you put that on the inside. So you have a double maple sandwich and they won't do it for you, but they will if you are president. <laughs> so. And I think even Elizabeth does it when she comes down there. I know you're still doing monarchy. Pretty big deal with monarchy. So I think she even gets the same thing. I think that she might actually be the one who told me about it. Well, we'll have to look that up because I've not heard of that. But we're not, we're not in the, the monarchy. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I think for my number three, I, I'm just going to go with the meatball marinara. Um, that's a, Ooh, that's we a love classic. meatballs, don't we? It's it's great. It's a bit of a messy sandwich, but uh, you can't go wrong with it. Number two, I think the Italian BMT Ooh. Uh, is, is very nice. And the number one, this one goes by two different names, either the Cold Cut Combo or Cold Cut Trio. And all three of these sandwiches, of course, are on the Italian herbs and cheese bread. So that's my top three for Subway sandwiches. We love Italian herbs and cheese. I think if you had just Italian, by the way, they call it Italian, but it's just white. And I don't think that <laughs> Italian is necessarily white. I mean, you got when you go to Sicily, it's yeah. I don't know that it's white. Let me put it that way. <laughs> uh, okay, my, my top three is probably uh, <clears throat> I can't eat this anymore. But this used to be my go-to when I was a kid. But I the IBS got to me, you know. But uh, my number three is probably buffalo chicken. You know, the chicken strips with the Frank's yep. red hot sauce. And then you do a little uh, ranch dressing on there too. I mean, that's just a great. Too spicy. It's too spicy and too tangy. It really makes me upset. But 
I respect Buffalo and New York, and we think they're wonderful places, but it's too spicy for me, sir. That's I mean, fair enough. And it's too spicy for me now, too. I, I don't eat it anymore. But when I was younger, I used to love it. Uh, my number two is the Stefan's number one, the cold cut combo. I yep. uh, can't go wrong with that concoction of meats, whatever they're supposed to be or resemble. Tastes pretty good. <clears throat> and then my number one, uh, this is my go to is the oven roasted chicken. I usually just get the, the oven roasted chicken with some cheese, uh, some cucumbers, a little smoky mustard. They do like a smoky honey mustard now. That's pretty good. And uh, yeah, I mean, I try to avoid eating at Subway as much as possible, but when you're teaching and you need a quick lunch, sometimes you just got to make it happen. So yeah, that's sometimes all we when you don't have options or you're left with the Subway because they put these things just about anywhere. And they'll even do, sometimes they'll do a subway and it's just a train. There's no way to go. You just go down, you go downstairs and there's no sandwiches, just a big train that goes really fast. So they do all kinds of subways, frankly, and they put them everywhere. I think they got more of them than McDonald's. <laughs> they do. And, that's, that's a fact. And, and you're a big McDonald's fan too. So oh, I don't want to come on and say that. Yeah. It's, I love uh, McDonald's uh, so much. <laughs> So good with McDonald's. I love it so much. You get the two filet fishes you get two Big Macs, and then you have servant or slave or whoever's around. <laughs> they get a big salad forks, and they mush them all up into a big bowl, and you get the barbecue sauce, and you do the barbecue sauce on top, and chopsticks, and you just go to town. And it's, <laughs> deli- it's delicious. It's the best way to start the day and end the day. Sometimes I'll even do it for lunch. <laughs> it 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 sounds like a great uh, a great meal, Mister Trump. Uh, Remember I mean, in Richie Rich when <laughs> Cully McCulkin is in Richie Rich and he's got the McDonald's inside the house. That's the yeah. dream. That's the dream. That's right? the dream when you're a kid for sure. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great if we had the big McDonald's in my house? I think that would be so wonderful. And they take me to the White House, and this place is a dump. They show me the White House, and it doesn't have a McDonald's in it. It doesn't even have laser tag or anything. I think Richard Nixon put in a bowling, so they got somewhere to do bowling. But I don't like the bowling. It hurts my fingers. The the holes are too small on the on the balls that are the right weight. So they say when you pick the ball that you can hold up by yourself for one one arm, six pounds, eight pounds, a normal bull, then you can't fit the fingers in. And I think it was really awful of Richard Nixon to do that. I think it was spiteful. I think he did it on purpose before I got there. I mean, yeah, I think that's very possible that he that he did that. We, well, what we know about Nixon is not very good. So, And Lincoln's ghost will not leave you alone. You're trying to take a crap at three in the morning and Lincoln's ghost floats in. He says, boo, or, you know, it's some ghost shit or whatever he says. <laughs> And you never have a moment's peace. Never have a moment's peace. <laughs> and people say that I'm racist, that I type racist things deep in the night. I promise you, Ghost of Lincoln is picking up the phone and typing whatever the hell he's thinking about. If there's ever a thing that's good that I had tweeted, that was me. But if it's bad, that's another guy that's Lincoln's ghost. Or Yeah. Did he did he tweet Kofifi or was that you? That was me. <laughs> that was on purpose. And it was a Q dog whistle. <laughs> to tell Q, hey, Q, Kofifi, there's some bad stuff coming down the pike. So make sure you get your Nerf guns or whatever the hell you're doing and start marching around in a circle screaming about God knows what. I don't know. But you know what? It's probably it's probably on purpose. 
<laughs> I'm going to say that one was on purpose. Go VV. <laughs> you know uh, what it was? It's an emoticon. If you look at it correctly, it's actually a cool drawing that I did. <laughs> internet style of something. So look at it, and it's artistic and artistic license, okay? I think we're going to be doing a lot of poetic license with it. I, I hope you do. I really hope you do. Thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you, thank yeah. you again, Mr. Trump, for joining us. This has been incredible. Uh, if you want to uh, follow James Austin Johnson, he's on Twitter at shrimp J a J. And uh, he also has a podcast. What things are what things that you can check out. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, Mr. Trump slash James. Uh, before hey, it's go? actually, it's, it's me actually. I'm sorry. Okay. I, uh, I just got back. I went to the Starbucks across the street to use the bathroom. Um, <laughs> Um, what I miss? Uh, nah, I mean, nothing really. Yeah, oh, just okay. we just kind of did like a little. We do a little listener block thing, so we did that. Oh, did a little, yeah. block, a little rundown yeah. of listener stuff. Yeah, yeah. you know, it was whatever. Yeah, but okay. the show is over now. So if there is there anything oh, okay. before we go, uh, if you would like to plug, is there anything you'd like so, to plug? Yeah, follow my podcast. Uh, what things are what things? Um, that's W T A W T Pod on uh, Twitter, and what things are what things at what things are what things on Instagram. And uh, nobody listens to our terrible show. Uh, it's the worst deal we've ever had. So make sure you tune in. And listen to that. Uh, uh, we we talk about what things are what things. Like you know, one time we did what what horny old rockers are what sandwich ingredients. And uh, one time we did uh, what jackass uh, cast members are what United States. So it's usually a thought provoking discussion. And then uh, you know we have fun guest stars like uh, Mark Bolin of T Rex or Bob Dylan or uh, uh, George Lucas stopped by and, and, and talked to everybody. Donald Trump appears frequently, which is so coincidental if he called into the podcast. Um, oh, he uh, did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he did. Uh, no. Yeah. Was, I thought y'all said before we started recording that he was going to call into the podcast. No, I just said a special guest, but then they, they, oh, okay. they, they fell anyway. through. Yeah. So we, no, we, we just, just read one of our boring listener blocks. You yeah. Know? I mean, that guy is really hard to pin down, isn't he? He's yeah. busy. He's a busy man. He's so. a busy guy. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know what, that's really all it because the president murdered comedy. So I haven't really gotten to do other stuff, uh, this year. Uh, but, uh, uh, follow me on at shrimp J A J at shrimp Jaj on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and I promise you there will be nowhere near as much creative drama as you heard on this <laughs> spicy, <laughs> spicy, uh, podcast. I I'm just not that saucy. And I wish I was, but I, I'm, you know what? Save the drama for Obama, man. I, I don't need it. Yeah, I agree. You're yeah. doing well. It's probably a much better way to live than the way Stefan and I do. That's for sure. Uh, so. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thanks again, James, so much for joining us. Uh, we had an absolute blast. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening to the show. Remember, we got that live show coming up with Caroline Goldfarb this Saturday on Zoom. If you donate to the Patreon at patreon.com slash block party at any level, we'll send you the link. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at blocked party pod, and we'll see you back here next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, y'all. <laughs>